Welcome back to the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. This is Jonathan here with Sean and the transfer portal. It just there there are things that do not stop the transfer portal. It is one thing that just does not stop. Uh, some people are now sleeping in May. The transfer portal, though, it doesn't sleep. We, we've got more additions. We've got more commitments. Uh, so it it's been a busy time in this uh, transfer portal. Yeah, the offseason has been very busy. There's been a lot of moves that we'll be talking about deep into next season because, you know, some game-changing kind of moves for some really good basketball teams. Absolutely. Uh, Ewan, let, let's start here. I think what may have been the biggest addition, at least over the weekend, it's uh, Devontae Jones going to Michigan, at least in my opinion. I think that's the biggest addition. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think he comes in, he fits right into that Mike Smith role, except he's taller than Mike Smith, so he's not as big of a liability on defense. So, I mean, you look at this, I think it's a very good fit. He can play the point. He can play off the ball with him and Eli Brooks. I think Michigan, uh, they're my team to beat in the Big Ten going into next season. Yeah, I love the addition of Devontae Jones. Obviously, uh, made a whole video on Michigan's roster. You made a video on him committing there, so definitely go check both those out on YouTube. But Devontae Jones was the Sun Belt Player of the Year at Coastal Carolina last season. Uh, averaged 20 a game, 7 rebounds, 3 assists. But two seasons ago, he had 6 assists per game. So he's definitely capable of distributing the basketball for others. He's in a feed hunter, Dickinson inside. And yeah, he's a combo guy. He can play both spots. I think he's going to only improve his shooting. He was 36% from deep last year, which was a career high. And on a lower volume, which is what he'll have at Michigan, because he's going to be one of uh, the players on a really good basketball team because Eli Brooks is back. He's really good. Caleb Houston's coming in. Musa Diabate is going to be very good. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, Brandon Johns off the bench, Kobe Bufkin, Frankie Collins, Zeb Jackson. There's just so many pieces on the roster next season. This is a really good team. I think that Jones is probably going to play like 25 minutes a game, and Michigan could definitely be in the Final Four next season. I have them behind Purdue still, but it's not that far behind. Yeah, I'm still rolling with Michigan. I think we'll, we'll wait and see upon what Dickinson does because like, part of the big thing, high expectations for Michigan is Hunter Dickinson being there. If Hunter Dickinson's not there, I think they drop down a level, but I mean, obviously, they have TikTok superstar Adrian Nunez. He will. He's taking uh, up a scholarship spot. Like, can he just go play? He go. He doesn't have to play anymore. He can just go make money off TikTok. Hey, you. you I mean, the good thing about Adrian Nunez, right? He, he can be the thirteenth man. You don't have to promise him any minutes. He can just make TikToks and hype up the bench. I mean, what more can you want from a thirteenth man? Uh, I'd rather have the scholarship spot, to be honest with you. We'll see. But, I mean, you look at uh, Eli Brooks, super senior. I guess he he's not counting towards a scholarship since he's... He is not, no. So, I mean, there, there's an extra scholarship for Adrian Nunez. Uh, Austin Davis could also not count as a scholarship. We've got Devontae Jones... Eli Brooks, I think that's a solid backcourt. I I compared it already to the Mike Smith, Eli Brooks backcourt. I think Brooks, very good defender. I think Devontae Jones uh, may, may not be quite as quick as Mike Smith. I think Mike Smith was very sneaky fast and got to the paint very well. But, I mean, Jones is more, I think, a little bit more physical. Uh, but he can score at an elite level, I think, is a more reliable score just because he's better at attacking the paint. And you look at the, you know, just going to the front court, uh, they'll, they'll obviously Caleb Hustain, uh, he's going to, I think, fill in nicely uh, at that four spot. And Hunter Dickinson, of course, inside, we'll kind of wait and see. Uh, Musa Diabite could start. I think they could go, you know, if they wanted to, Brandon Johns in the starting rotation. Uh, I mean, Zeb Jackson, if they wanted to be, you know, super small and play Houston at the five, I guess they could go Zeb Jackson at the three. Maybe they go Frankie Collins or Kobe Buffkin. Like they have so much depth. Variety. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to, like, a, one or two players on this Michigan roster just aren't going to get the minutes. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see one or, one or two of these, like, 2021 20, recruits decide, um, you know, I'm not going to get quite the minutes I would want. Maybe I'm going to go elsewhere. But, I mean, Michigan is just completely loaded. Yeah, one of Zeb Jackson, uh, Kobe Bufkin, or Frankie Collins isn't going to have a very big role. I think it'll probably end up being Frankie Collins. Michigan fans uh, tried to tell me that Kobe Bufkin can't play the one, but uh, he can. Like, he's bigger, but he can definitely play the one. He's done it before. He's more than capable, and you don't want to bench his scoring ability for the whole game. So I think that Frankie Collins is probably the odd man out if it's not. It'll be him or Zeb Jackson. It could definitely be Zeb Jackson, but, you know, Zeb Jackson, he's a sophomore, so I feel like that gives him a little more of a push, but we'll we'll see what ends up happening, but there's going to be one player that gets left out. Yeah, and may, maybe two players, like, even then, like, you're looking at, let's say they bring Brandon Johns off the bench, uh, I mean, it, Terrence Williams is kind of like yeah. a four-man I don't know if he necessarily fits into the roster as more than that. Uh, I mean, Isaiah Barnes, I don't think we'll get too many minutes. Uh, mm. Just look at the roster. I feel like that's expected, but then you have, yeah. like, Will Shedder. He's not going to play. So, like, you have guys that aren't going to play, but, like, guys that could definitely contribute right away, like Frankie Collins and Zeb Jackson. I think on a lot of teams they could play a fair amount of minutes. But on this team, they just aren't going to. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't – I'm not going to make recommendations for players, but, like, if you're Frankie Collins or, you know, Kobe Bufkin or Isaiah Barnes and you decide, you know what, they will go to uh, Creighton or Rutgers or one of those teams that just doesn't have a lot of depth, they'll start right away. I mean – that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you're, you know, looking at probably being the eighth or ninth or tenth man at Michigan. Uh, but I mean, this this is a good problem to have if you're Jawan Howard at Michigan. Having too many pl- good players is better than having not enough good players. And Michigan maybe has too many good players. Yeah, I mean, it certainly wouldn't surprise me to see somebody transfer. That's just kind of the way it is, and I wouldn't blame them at all. So we'll see what ends up happening. But for now, I mean, Michigan is loaded. And unless, like, Hunter Dickinson transfers, they're going to be a top-five team in the preseason. Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I have them over Purdue. I, you have them uh, – you have Purdue over Michigan. Uh, okay. I, I have Michigan, you know, winning the Big Ten next season. It's not going to be a Mickey Mouse Big Ten championship like this past season. I think they win it by two games. Bold prediction here. Okay. Okay. But anyway, good pickup for them. Uh, Gonzaga lands Razier Bolton, uh, and you know they're they're expected to get a commitment from Nolan Hickman in the coming days. We'll kind of wait and see on that. But you know, just in terms of Gonzaga, they're once again looking very very good. Uh, we, we of course know uh, no official word on Drew Timmy. Uh, the GOAT, but you know, we expect him to be there. We expect Chet Holmgren to be there. Um, you know, Andrew Nemhard's going to run the point uh, with uh, Hunter Salas playing, I think, probably the two. Yep. Now you have some extra depth. You've got Razier Bolton, uh, who can play You know, maybe some mitts at the three. Uh, you have Harris. You have Julian Strother. Uh, you know, and of course, getting, probably get Nolan Hickman into the mix. Gonzaga just they, they add in guard depth, and you know, one of you know I think it takes a lot of pressure off Harris and Strother to where you know now all of a sudden if let's say Strother for whatever reason doesn't fit in, okay, you have Razier Bolton, you have Nolan Hickman, like those players can step in. So I think. Solid additions here uh, coming for Gonzaga. Yeah, I think this 
add is great because Razier Bolton was the best player on a really bad Iowa State team last season. They won two games, but Bolton, he's really improved throughout his career. He's a good facilitator. He's pretty speedy. He's a solid scorer. He's definitely going to add a lot to Gonzaga's team off the bench. He's probably going to be the sixth man. But what if they do add Hickman, what really stinks is for Dominic Harris because he's a guy that didn't play much as a freshman. He was going to pick up a bigger role as a sophomore. And now with the addition of Razier Bolton and soon-to-be Nolan Hickman, Harris is going to be riding the bench again more than likely. And Because you look at the rotation, you got, like you said, Nemhard and Salas at the guard spots. I'm probably going to say it's going to be Chet Holmgren at the three. Then you have Anton Watson at the four and Drew Timmy at the five. Or you can go you can go Strother at the three. Then you can go at the four. You can go uh, Holmgren there, and you can go Timmy at the five. But then you look at the bench. You have Bolton as a six-man. You have uh, Caden Perry coming off the bench. He's a freak athlete as a forward. And then you have one of Watson or Strother, whichever one doesn't start. And then Nolan Hickman. So that's your that's nine guys right there. And then where does that leave Dominic Harris? I mean, as the tenth guy off the bench, and he's not going to play very much because he's the fifth guard on the team. So that's kind of unfortunate for him. But Gonzaga's at the point where they built a culture, and he's probably just going to wait his turn. And whenever that turn arises, he's going to become the guy. Yeah. Or or maybe he wants to go to Arizona because I hear they're looking for. Uh, some, pot- some potential help at the guard spot, but I mean, just looking at you know Gonzaga, we of course know what you know Drew Timmy can do. We of course know what uh, Chet Holmgren t- can do. I still, you know, I think Hunter Salas is going to come in and be really good. Uh, I have still some questions on Andrew Nemhard, uh, but getting like another commitment from Razier Bolton. Uh, not that Bolton is as good as Nimhard, like Nimhard's clearly better, but like let's say Andrew Nimhard, and we've seen it before where he just for whatever reason doesn't have it one night. Uh, Razier Bolton can s- step in and say, okay, well you don't have it, well I have it tonight. I I'm going off, I'm making four threes, and you know one of the things with Razier Bolton is when he was at Penn State, he was a pretty good three points here and then we went to Iowa State he took on a, of course a bigger role uh the first year being you know the second option behind Halliburton and then when Halliburton got injured the first option and then the first option last year so I mean the him being the first option just isn't good for him but if he can be someone that comes in and says okay, I want to be the fifth man, I want to be the sixth man, I want to do whatever I can to you know, win a national championship. That's the type of guy you need, and it sounds like that's what Razier Bolton you know, is coming in trying to do. Yeah, I mean, he clearly wants to come in and win games because he could have stayed at Iowa State and scored 15 a game again and not been on a very good team, and he could have transferred to a school that isn't as good as Gonzaga. He had a lot of different options. But he decided to go to Gonzaga where he knows he's going to win a lot of basketball games and contend for a national championship, even if it's in a smaller role. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, certainly good good pickup for Gonzaga. And, you know, I, I think once again, going into next season, they the, the thing becomes not can they win a national championship Will, when will they win a national championship? Next year could certainly be the year. Next year's the year. Let's do it. All right. Call uh, it now. You, you, let's just be real here. You called it like you, you were calling next year's national championship before this national championship even got played. Mm, yeah, I mean, let's go. Let's go right now. You know what? I'm gonna make a bold prediction. The national championship next year will be Gonzaga Memphis and Gonzaga wins. All right, there, there, there's your national championship game. Uh, one of those two teams will win their first national championship if that's the matchup. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. I mean, me, well, Memphis almost had one, but uh, Mario Chalmers had something else to say. Well, it, w- it wouldn't have counted vacated anyway. So that's true. That is true. That is true. But but people still remember it. I mean, who who doesn't remember Louisville's championship in 2013? 
I don't remember that. It's been vacated from my memory. Alright, come on. That, come on. I, I remember Wichita State making the final four and then I don't know who they lost to and then you know Michigan made the title game, but you know I I don't think they won that one. Uh, so I mean, who can say who won the 2013 national championship? Hey, Rick Pitino is back to killing it coaching though. I mean, he's added two very good transfers with Tyson Jolly from SMU and uh, Elijah Joyner from Tulsa. So they're definitely going to be the favorites in the uh, MAC with two A's next season. Yeah, that, I let let's just touch on this because uh we obviously i think we touched on it last episode but jalen pickett of course goes uh to penn state and now all of a sudden you're looking at iona with jalen pickett gone you've got just a sienna just got ravaged i mean they lost so many players of the portal yeah and as is like iona sienna were probably going into this next year going to be without the transfers, going to be the two best teams. I only I don't think it's even close. I think Iona might win the Mac uh by you know, I, I wanna say three, four, five games. Like they're just absolutely loaded. Yeah, you know, you look at Ryder, their team that I have in the mix right there, Domencio Vaughn, he's coming back to the fold. Uh, from Ole Miss, he was there two seasons ago. He's going to be a very good player next season. Uh, you have DJ Murray. He's going to be back. I don't think he's entered the portal as of now. Mervin James, he's coming in from Jacksonville. Not sure if he has to sit out since he's already transferred before, I believe. No, he hasn't. I thought he did for some reason. But uh, Mervin James, he's going to be a very good player. He was really good for Jacksonville last year. And then Cedric Altman coming in from Pepperdine. So that's a lot of good additions for Ryder. They were near the bottom of the conference last year because they lost their three guys, Domencio Vaughn, they lost uh, Fred Scott, and they lost Scott, uh, Stevie Jordan. So now they enter this year as probably the second team in the in the MAC who uh, could compete with Iona. Yeah, and I mean again, I just think Iona. I mean they're they're getting players that legit could start at high major programs and be pretty effective. Like that that's that's how good Iona is and I just don't see a team in that league. Like I would I would say venture to say they're going to go undefeated in the MAC next year. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't be surprised. I hope they play you know, I think they're talking about playing some pretty big time uh, non-conference games, but man, I would, I don't know if this, I feel like I saw this as a potential thing, but I would love to see Iona go to Rupp Arena and play Kentucky. Yeah, and then, of I course, mean, that we, would just be so fun. We need to have uh, Iona, New Mexico play, like, a long-term home-and-home. Home. I mean, yeah, I mean, Richard Patino. I mean, while we're here, I mean, he's building a pretty good team there. You have Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn Jr. coming in from two high major programs, Mashburn from Michigan, or Michigan, Minnesota, uh, House from Arizona State. They added K.J. Jenkins, a really, really good Juco shooter. He's coming in after shooting 50% from outside last season. Uh, Taryn Todd coming in from TCU. Jenkins coming in from uh, Blanken. Kilgore uh, Community College. J. Allen Tovar, he's coming in from Salt Lake Community College. Emmanuel Quach, he's coming back. I think he has a pretty high ceiling. Jethro Muscadine coming in from Kansas. Valdir Manuel coming back after being one of their best players last season. You know, New Mexico is not going to win the Mountain West or even get close, but they're going to be more middle of the pack than, you know, clear worst team in the conference this year. Yeah, it only, let's be real here, it only goes up from last year because... It can't get worse. It cannot get worse. That's true. Yeah. It, I mean, I guess, did they actually finish last place? <clears throat> All right, let me check. I believe so. Oh, yes, they did. I think it's pretty convincingly last, too. Two and 15. Yeah, they were terrible. I mean, they just weren't even close to being good. When, when San Jose State is... Two spots ahead of you. Didn't San Jose State beat them twice? No, they split, I think. 
They did split. New Mexico. That they went at- six and sixteen. Yikes. They only beat they won two conference games against Air Force and San Jose State. So Ken Palm had them as the third worst team. They had San Jose State and Air Force behind them, but you know, conference record wise, they were the worst. They shot twenty six percent from three, that is terrible. They shot sixty percent from the line, that is also terrible. Forty three percent effective field goal percentage, that is awful. Twenty one percent turnover percentage, very bad. Uh, the best shooter on the team, McQuatch Malawatch, he was pretty good. But besides him, uh, their best shooter on the roster, they had Isaiah Marin, who shot 34% from deep. Keith McGee transferred after like two games. Uh, so their best tr- their best shooter besides uh, Marin and besides Marin was Malawatch at 28%. And after that, you have Jeremiah Francis at 25%. So pretty good. Yeah, not not. Not great. So Jeremiah I mean, Francis is back, though it can't it can't get worse from here. Yeah, it, I mean it, it only goes up from here from New Mexico, uh, but certainly some good additions. Um, I would I would still say I mean Nevada, Colorado State are like I think the clear top two teams in that league, and then you've got other teams that can kind of fill in you, you mentioned you know v uh, san diego state i mean i think those two teams can have contend and then uh obviously with the kind of rest of that conference uh you know i i still th- i will say there's probably going to be like two or three bids when it all is said and done coming uh from the mountain west i think Colorado State, Nevada, both get in, and then it's you know maybe you get San Diego State, maybe UNLV squeaks in, uh, but I I don't have that high of expectations for the Mountain West next season. Besides those two, I, I think they'll be pretty. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Like Nevada and Colorado State, I think are definitely going to be at large teams if they don't win the conference tournament. You look at San Diego State, you, you always got to trust that they're going to be able to figure it out. Because, you know, Brian Dutcher's really built a good culture there. You know, they lost Malachi Flynn and Yanni Wetzel from last season. Uh, and they were able to be really good this year. Obviously, they got destroyed by Syracuse in the tournament. But they made the tournament, so that counts for something. They had Matt Bradley this year. That's going to be big because he was one of the best scorers in the Pac-12. You had Jaden Lede from TCU. I'm not sure if he has to, <clears throat> has to sit. I think he does since it's his second transfer. But he already sat a year, so I'm not sure. And uh, Tyro Diabate from Portland, you've returned Keyshaw Johnson, Lamont Butler, Keith Dinwiddie, Chi Evans, uh, Trey Pulliam is coming back for the free year, Joshua Tomayich is coming back for the free year. So, you know, I think right now if you told me to rank a top four in the conference, you're going to give me Nevada one probably, Colorado State two, then I'm probably going to go San Diego State three and UNLV four. Yeah, I would go same top four, except I'm I'm a little higher on Colorado State, so I'd I'd flip Colorado State and Nevada, but I think both will be uh, borderline top twenty five teams. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but uh, next on the list here, uh, Mister Bags himself uh, with some strong offers, Adam Miller. He's going to LSU, and uh, certainly a very nice addition for LSU team that low-key was kind of losing a lot of players. They, of course, they lose Javante Smart, uh, Trendon Watford. Uh, it sounds like Darius Days is also off to the NBA. but uh, That situation's weird, too. It's another one where it's like he's tested testing the waters, and then he was gone, and now he might not be gone. So, you know, I guess we'll see in like three months if he's actually gone, but... For now, he might be. We'll, we'll assume he's gone, just for yeah, that's fair. hypothetical. But, I mean, so they bring in, uh, of course, getting Adam Miller. That's a very good addition. I think he can lead the team in scoring next season, uh, which he might have to. Uh, Xavier Pence, I think, is a solid addition. Uh, get, get in some experience at the point guard position. Uh, Josh LeBlanc is pretty solid piece. Uh, they, of course, get in Tari Eason. I, I still think they need to 
look at getting some other pieces. I don't think this is a tournament team as is, but I mean, I don't think Will Wade's done either. So uh, I would expect LSU to continue to add pieces. Yeah, I agree. Adam Miller's probably going to step in and play that role of uh, Cam Thomas from last year very well. He could run the one, uh, or Xavier Pinson will. Seneca Knight coming in from San Jose State. He averaged 20 a game a few seasons ago and then transferred midway into the season last year because San Jose State was terrible. Uh, Mawani Wilkinson's back. Joshua LeBlanc, like you said. Sharif O'Neal should hopefully be healthy. And Tari Eason is one of the more underrated transfers there is. He can defend all five positions. He's kind of just a dunker right now, and he uses his athleticism to score on offense. He's not a very versatile scorer yet, but I think over time he'll develop into more of a scorer. Alex Fudge, he is also coming in, so we'll see what ends up happening here. I think that LSU is probably going to be a bubble team as of right now, but they could definitely add some pieces that makes them better. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'll have them as a bubble team right now, and then you know as they continue to add pieces because. Certainly in the recruiting trail, uh, Will Wade, we, we know what he's capable of. Uh, anything is possible there. And then, you know, the transfer market, I'd, there are still a lot of big names out there for Will Wade dad. So, like, to think Will Wade is done is just, he he's not done. He's he's going in for more. But uh, at least for now, I think bubble team, uh, we'll wait and see. Probably... You know, two months from now, if doing, you know, early season bracketology, uh, I would say LSU is probably at that point inside the tournament field kind of comfortably. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be a there. It's a team that can only improve because they lost so much from last year. They lost their top three scorers, Cam Thomas, 20 a game, Trenton Watford, 16 and Javante Smart, 16. So they lost a ton, but there's room for improvement. Yeah. And hey, hey, maybe maybe they learn how to stop someone this year. That would be that would be good. That would be ideal. I mean, the the reason they were an eight seed is one, the NCAA tournament committee uh, underseeded them by I think multiple spots. But two, they also couldn't play enough defense to where you know at at best they were still going to be a six seed. Uh, I mean, if they would played a little bit more defense, they they had. You know, if they were a top 20 defensive team, I think they could have been a, you know, top two seed. So uh, play better defense next year, Will Wade. Yeah, I mean, they just let everybody score on them. So hopefully that changes. Yeah. And, I mean, they they don't have the overwhelming scoring talent this year. So they're going to have to get some stops. I mean, maybe Adam Miller drops 20 a game. We'll see. I mean, even then, which, you know, I wouldn't rule out. Uh, with the roster at hand, they they still need to get they need to get a lot better defensively, which I think they're I mean, it, it's, it's hard to win games when you can't defend anybody. It's just kind of how it is. Like, it, it goes both ways. Like, Virginia, uh, when they're terrible on offense, I'm cautious. And then, like, uh, Clemson last year, I was never in on Clemson because I'm like, this team just can't score. And they couldn't score ever. So, like, they needed their defense to be really good. And when it wasn't, they weren't going to win a lot of games. So, I just think overall, you have to have a good mix of both. If you're going to be so reliant on offense, you're not a real national championship contender because you're going to allow really good offenses to score a lot of points. And same goes the other way around. If you can't score... If your defense lacks it all, you're going to lose. Like, it's just, you have to have a good mix. Yeah. And we'll see if LSU can get a better mix. Uh, but certainly getting Adam Miller's uh, beneficial to them. Uh, Emmanuel Miller is going from LSU to TCU. He uh, decided to head on over to uh, the Horn Frogs. I think TCU's looking, you know, on up next season. They, they've got... Some kind of sneaky good players. I think Mike Miles is in for a big breakout season. Uh, I know you love him. I also love him. So uh, we'll wait and see upon RJ Nimhard, Kevin Samuel. I guess both those players have declared for the NBA draft, but uh, hypothetically, even if they're God, they add it 
if they're gone. Uh, they add in Shahada Wells, uh, Max Evans, Damian bucket, Ball, bucket. Oh. Emmanuel Miller, uh, Micah Peavy. Like they, they, they are adding a lot of very good pieces uh, into this team. And you know, we'll wait and see. The shooting is maybe the one concern if you're going to have any uh, when it comes to this team. Uh, not exactly the best shooting team out there, but uh, certainly I, I think TCU is going to be in for a bounce back season. They've been kind of mediocre the past two seasons. I think they'll be, I will put them in the NCAA tournament for now. Yeah, I think that they're a team that can definitely make the tournament, probably a bubble team, like a 10-11 seed at best, if I had to guess right now. But this is a team with a lot of talent. They've added a ton of pieces from the portal. Like you mentioned, Shahada Wells, really good scorer at UT Arlington last season. Started at Tyler uh, Junior College. So he's experienced at scoring. He's been around a little bit, but he's definitely a really good scorer. Emmanuel Miller averaged like 17 or 18 a game last season for A&M. He is a really good player that could, has a lot of potential. Micah Peavy coming in, that's one I like a lot. Just a defensive anchor, chess piece on the defensive end. Xavier Cork. He is a steady big man from Western Carolina. Suleiman Dumbia coming in from Navarro Community College. He didn't have as good of a season this year as he did two seasons ago, but he's a seven-footer that will definitely be a big factor behind Kevin Samuel. Eddie Lampkin, 6'10", 290. Big dude. Hopefully he gets some minutes this year. Choco Bannon, we'll see if he gets minutes. He's He had some good games last year. And uh, Francisco Firabello's back. He had a heart problem last year that didn't allow him to get cleared, so he was able to get cleared this offseason to return to play. Maxwell Evans coming in, Damian Baugh coming in, Cassius McNeely. There's a lot of talent on this team. I think that they're a really deep team. I think that they will probably be a tournament team, but I would like to I'd like to see them add another good scoring wing. That would be ideal. Uh scoring wing shooting wise, I mean. Because Emmanuel Miller, he's a three slash four. He's kind of more of a combo forward, and he's not much of a shooter yet, but I think there's a lot of potential for that to improve on a more three-point shooting-oriented offense because he shot 82% from the foul line. He's a really good free-throw shooter. He's really good in the mid-range, so that tells me that it's probably going to translate to the three-point line. Yeah. I mean, with with TCU, I think the the one concern, if you're looking at them, is shooting's not great. Uh, I mean... Get, getting in some of these pieces that they have, uh, obviously with Emmanuel Miller, who I think will probably play, maybe maybe he plays the three and they have Micah Peavy playing the four. Uh, Kevin Samuel, you're certainly not going to get any made shots out of him. He's, he's, he's a good dunker. He's a good double-double threat every night. Yeah. I mean, you you, you throw him at the free throw line, it's, it's Brick City. Uh, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think he got better at the line last year. Like 56% maybe? Let, let's let's pull up his stats here. All right, 38%. He was terrible. Like it it doesn't get it there's room for improvement. I think that's even better than what he did uh in 37% 2 years ago. Yeah, so he's he's improving. He'll be up. Let's see. That's got to get better though. That is terrible. I mean, if that improves, then he could be up near 40% this season. If he if he shot like 60% from the foul line, he'd average like 15 a game probably. Oh, easily. Well, like, it, with with him, he's like some some teams even like if they're down late in the games. I I I don't remember what game I was watching. I was watching TCU last year, and uh, some team like Hackashacked. Uh, Kevin Samuel. Which yeah, teams did that a lot with Hassan French a few years ago, too. And he yeah. shot, like, 28% from the line. Like, if you're that bad of a free-throw shooter, you really got to figure it out. Yeah. Or get hack a shack Because, I mean, it it is it is somewhat fun as, like, a fan to watch. Because it's, like, so much pressure on the terrible free-throw shooter. But, like... And you, you you somewhat feel bad for them, but then you're like, you should just be better at free throws anyway. So what are, what are we doing here? I mean, Christian Bishop is a really bad free throw shooter, and he nailed two pressure free throws to give Creighton the win in the NCAA tournament over UC Santa Barbara. So yeah, I mean, some some people just they they turn it on in the clutch. 
Yeah, and now Bishop's at Texas. Maybe they win a national championship next year. They're good. Yeah, they'll, they'll be good. Uh, let's see. Henry Coleman is heading to Texas A&M. I think a solid pickup for Buzz Williams and company. Just he never fit in at uh, Duke. I think he was being recruited over. So going down to, no offense to Texas A&M, kind of a team certainly with lesser expectations, a team where he will get more of a role. I think this this is very beneficial for Henry Coleman. Yeah, I don't know if A&M's a tournament team right now, but I think they could be a really fun team to watch because they added Marcus Williams from Wyoming. He's a really good scorer at 15 a game last season for the Cowboys. Manny Obaseki comes in. He's a five-star recruit. You had Hayden, uh, Hayden Hefner's back. He's a sniper from outside. He's got size, and he can really shoot the ball. And Jordan Hall comes in. He's a guy from St. Joe's that had 10 points a game, five rebounds, and five assists per game, two triple-doubles last season. He can really play one through three, six foot seven, has really good passing vision, good athlete, good shooter, good defender. He really does it all. He's going to be a Swiss Army knife next season for Buzz Williams. Javante Brown coming in from UConn. He's going to be a pretty interesting player to see what he does because he could end up being the X factor for them because he's their only true like five man. So I'd like to see what he's able to do next season because he's seven foot two fifty, former three star recruit, top like one twenty guy at, at UConn before transferring. I think he's in for a pretty solid season. Yeah, I, I think Texas A&M will be better. I don't think they're a tournament team by any means, but like. They'll have Javante Brown. I think uh, Henry Coleman is uh, at least a solid piece. Uh, Jordan Brown could maybe play some four for them. Uh, I would probably say Coleman plays the four. They, of course, have Hassan Dayara, uh, Marcus Williams, Quentin Jackson. So, I mean, and, of course, Manny Obeki, who will get in there. Uh, Someone's going to be the odd man out of that rotation, but... Uh, I guess we'll wait and see, but I don't think this is a tournament team. But, I mean, Buzz Williams is, has proven himself to do well with kind of teams that haven't been the most talented in the, in the past. So I wouldn't rule anything out, but my early indication, not a tournament team. They could be a tournament team. Uh, we'll wait and see. And certainly the SEC continues to just get loaded. Yeah, definitely. I think that the SEC is in for a really good season. They could be one of the best conferences in the country next season. Yeah, I would go even further to say I think they'll be the best. Ooh, uh, okay. Spicy. I like it, though. I mean, let, let's just go down the list here. Uh, and these are by last year's standings. So take no offense if your name's not called early enough. Alabama going to probably be – Top know, five. Preseason? Maybe, maybe top five. I'd say definitely top ten preseason team. Arkansas, Auburn. top ten preseason team. Uh, LSU, I guess, is a bubble team. Tennessee's a tournament team. Florida, I think, is a tournament team. Ole Miss could be a tournament team. I don't think Missouri will be a tournament team. Mm, no, they will not. They they did not win the Dewan Gordon-Mark Smith trade. Uh, no, they, they, I mean, they lost, I mean, that trade wasn't great, and they lost a lot this offseason. Yeah. Kentucky won't be terrible next season. Uh, Mississippi State, um, Ben Howland's the coach. Uh, I think but, they'll make the tournament. I mean, a, cup, a couple teams here aren't going to make the tournament. I think the teams that don't make the tournament in this conference is Vanderbilt, I don't think they make the tournament. They lost Dylan Disu. Uh, they did they lose anybody else? They lost DJ Harvey. Did Max they really have anyone else? Yeah, I mean, Scottie Pippen Jr. is testing the waters. He might as well just go pro. And then uh, Georgia, they're not going to be very good at all next season. They lost a lot. Uh, they lost to Monty Kamara, and they added a bunch of players who I don't think are really high major guys like. Uh, Braylon Bridges from UIC, like he's tall, but I don't think he's a high major caliber player. Uh, Jalen Ingram, I guess he could be okay, but he's not a shooter. He was only an okay player the past few seasons for FIU. He couldn't find consistency because he was hurt a lot. 
I think he's got talent, and he could be a double-double threat, but he's not a shooter. So I don't know if that really translates to the high major level. I think KD Johnson's going to be really good. Jabri Abdurrahim. Noah Bauman's a good shooter. Dallin Rignall from Cowley Community College. He's an interesting player because he can really shoot the ball, and he's kind of a combo forward. But he played in, like, one of the high, I think the highest scoring offense in all of JUCO last year. So I'm curious to see the way that kind of goes. But then you look at Kentucky. I think they're a tournament team, but they need a point guard. They don't have a point guard on their roster right now. So they really need a point guard. I think they'll get one because I've heard too much around Xavier Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. Yeah, I mean, Wheeler's, I guess that's okay. He's he, I Wheeler's a good player, but he led the SEC in turnovers, and it wasn't even close last year and he's not a very good shooter. So those are kind of, he needs to improve on those two things for sure. Yeah. But like, that, that's a solid addition. Uh, either that or Ty Ty Washington. So Ty Ty Washington would be significantly better. Yeah, but uh, Kentucky will be back. They'll be in the tournament. I mm-hmm. think you'll see Alabama, Arkansas, LSU, I think will be in. Tennessee will be in. Uh, let's see. Florida, I think, will be in. I think Ole Miss gets in. I think Kentucky gets in. I think Auburn gets in. So that's that's eight teams I have. Okay, yeah, I could get down with that. And then, let's see, you have Mississippi State in, right? Yep, yep. Do you have Ole Miss out? Uh, I do. All right, so we're, we're, indifferent, uh, we're different on the Mississippi schools, but... I mean, I think the other teams are all pretty good. And Kentucky, just as we're speaking, lands C.J. Frederick. They just landed him right now? Just landed him. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's going to have to be a YouTube video pretty fast. Yeah. That's a big get. He can really shoot the ball. Uh, Yeah, that's a big get. Big addition for Kentucky. Um. Yeah, it, it, very, very. I think it was somewhat expected, but yeah, it was uh, expected. Yeah, I mean, you get him in there. Uh, just looking at Kentucky, um, going into next season, they obviously now they have Frederick. Uh, they of course, I think, got a big addition getting Kellen Grady, who is I think a very good three and D player. Uh. I guess technically Davion Mintz could come back. Uh, he can. Have, he's he's testing the waters and keeping his options open. They have Sheboy. They the they'll add in uh, Damian Collins, who's top ten right? recruits. Where did he, the last rankings from twenty four seven came out like an hour ago? So let's see. Damian Collins finished at ten. Okay, he dropped a little bit. Ten. Oh, oh yeah, he's 10. I couldn't find him. Yeah, he's 10. Unless, yeah, he's, he's, he's at 10, yeah. All right, but, like, and now, of course, getting C.J. Frederick, someone who can step in and shoot, that's certainly a big addition for them, and uh, mm-hmm. Kentucky's going to be, I think, very very solid as we head in next season. Uh, and I... I I would still say they they probably land one of Wheeler or Washington, but uh, I guess you with C.J. Frederick, he's not really a necessary true point guard, but I mean, no, nah, you don't want to play him at the point. You want to play him off the ball. You could, I guess, if let's say Wheeler or whoever gets in foul trouble, play him some point guard minutes. I'd rather play Grady at the one than Frederick, but I'd rather play neither at the one. Yeah. I'd rather have, uh, let's just say, we'll go, I think you'll go Ty Ty Washington, uh, in an ideal world, Washington, uh, Frederick, Grady, Sheboy, Collins. Mm-hmm. And somewhat deep bench of miscellaneous parts, but that's a solid starting five. Yeah, definitely a, you know, Sweet 16, Elite 8 caliber team. Yeah, so certainly good addition there. Uh, let's see. 
Davion Warren is heading to Texas Tech. Uh, very good addition. He's someone that uh, can come in and just light up a scoreboard. He can score with the best of them. Uh, I personally think Mac McClung is gone. I think Terrence Shannon's gone. So getting someone that can come in and just immediately replace that scoring production, uh, that's going to be big. Yeah. I mean, I think Mac McClung ends up coming back, but Davion Warren, that's going to be a very big piece. He had nearly 20 a game at Hampton. He's an athletic wing that'll definitely play a big role. Adonis Arms coming in for my Winthrop Eagles. Uh, KJ Allen, star of Last Chance U, or I mean, kind of sorry, he was he used like the quietest player on the series, but I don't think he's going to play a very big role. He's athletic and a good dunker, but he's not a very good shooter, and he's only six six, so I don't think he's going to play a huge role. We'll see what ends up happening there. I'm not sure he's a high major player. Marcus Santos Silva's back. Uh, he, he's going to be very solid, like always. He's a good offensive rebounder, good defender, steady player. Uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. says in the waters he could be a first-round pick, so I think he's gone. Kevin McCullers back. Clarence Nadalne, I think he could definitely step up. He's a big-bodied guard. He's a good defender. He has some ways to go on offense, but Chris Beard liked him last year, and I assume Mark Adams will this year. So Texas Tech's going to be back in the NCAA tournament. Chandler Jacobs also from uh, where'd he? Dallas Baptist? Where'd he come from? Uh, yeah, Dallas Baptist. So I think that. Texas Tech's definitely going to be a tournament team. I don't think they'll be as good as Texas. They'll probably be like an 8 or a 9 seed, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there's a clear top three of uh, Kansas, Texas, and Baylor. And then it's kind of like, you you could convince me uh, Kansas State finishes fourth. You could convince me Texas Tech finishes fourth. Uh, I mean, they, there's like, five teams you could theoretically convince me hey they finished fourth in the big 12 next season and i wouldn't completely you know disagree with it we we've talked about oklahoma they're going to be elite defensively texas tech i think they they'll continue to be dominant defensively and then of course getting some big additions like adamas arms davian warren uh they of course you know, they can get some point guard play, uh, maybe Clarence Nadolmi kind of steps up. They have Chibuzi Agbo. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, so, I mean, Texas Tech going to be at least solid as we head into next season. Uh, uh, Santos Silva, of course, is back as well. So, uh, I think the Red Raiders, you're looking again at kind of a bubblish team. Uh you know, just in general, the Big 12, I think, has a lot of bubble teams. Uh, Kansas State, I think, is going to be back. TCU, I think, is going to be back. Uh, Oklahoma will play elite defense. Oklahoma State adds in a lot of uh, really solid pieces. Uh, I don't think West Virginia is that good right now, but mm-hmm. I mean, Bob Huggins is always good, and maybe Miles McBride comes back. So uh, Big 12 is going to be interesting as we head into next season uh not great but i think there's worse leagues out there yeah definitely uh and moving on ryan hawkins and dane bonner uh two of the bigger d2 players are heading to d1 ryan hawkins lands at creighton certainly i think a very much needed addition for uh creighton because I mean, let's just be honest here. Things were not looking good as we head into this upcoming season. And now, you know, you get in someone like him, someone that can, you know, knock down threes with the best of him, uh, kind of a bigger role. Uh, they'll have uh, Alex O'Connell. Uh, I guess Zagorowski is not officially gone. I think he'll be gone. Sharif Mitchell will run the point. Uh Ryan Kalkbrenner's on the team, so uh, tough for that. But they have Antoine Jones. Jacob Epperson could be healthy. So uh, Creighton, I don't know if they'll be that good, but uh, certainly getting in someone like Ryan Hawkins is a big addition for them. Yeah, Ryan Hawkins is really good. I know somebody in the uh, – I'll say say, uh, 
coaching industry. He told me that he's the college basketball version of Nikola Jokic, which is pretty high praise, but I'm not saying I disagree because Hawkins can pick and pop. He can shoot. He's a very solid passer, good defender. He really does it all. He's not like the most athletic guy on the floor, but he is pretty athletic. He can shoot the ball. There's a lot of good intangibles to his game. He was the best player on the Northwest Missouri team that won the D2 National Championship. So I think he's going to be really good next year. Yeah. And then the other one is Dale Bonner, who uh, has decided uh, he's again transferring from D2. He's going to Baylor. Uh, The Bears continue to kind of rebuild. Uh, I don't think they'll win the national championship this year, but like James Akinjo is certainly a very good uh, pickup for them. Matthew Mayer is going to take a big step forward. Adam Flagler, Dale Bonner wouldn't be surprised if both those players turn into being uh, pretty big pieces. Uh, And then, of course, skiing the freshmen uh, like Kendall Brown, Langston Love. I think they'll be big pieces. Brown, I think, will step in and kind of play pretty well next to Matthew Mayer. And then, of course, uh, JTT, uh, you know, He'll be a certainly big piece, uh, Flo Thamba. So uh, Baylor's going to be very good as well, and getting a piece like Dale Bonner is certainly beneficial to them. Yeah, definitely. Bonner shot 46% from deep at Fairmont State last season. James Akinjo, like you said, coming in. Uh, as of right now, he has to sit. I don't think he's graduated yet, so we'll see what happens there. But, uh, yeah, Adam Flagler, Matthew Meyer, Jonathan Chamwa, Chachua, Flo Thamba, Kendall Brown, Langston Love, that's a really good roster. That's the top eight right there, and that is a really good top eight. Baylor will definitely be back next season, Uh, you know, probably top 15, top 10 preseason, and they lost four starters from last year, including their top three scorers who are all going to be NBA draft picks. So I'm curious to see the way uh, Scott Drew puts it together. He's been able to put, you know, he took Baylor out of the dumpster and brought them to a national championship. So he's definitely going to put the roster together again next season. They'll definitely be a second weekend contender. Yeah. Uh, Two more here. We'll start with SMU and save uh, your team till the very end. They have had some solid pieces here. Uh, Tristan Clark, most recent one, he's someone that uh, was certainly a big score back at Baylor. Uh, Obviously got injured. didn't play last season. They certainly didn't really need him to play, but uh, he's coming over. We'll see if he can stay healthy. Uh, that's just the biggest thing with him. But uh, if he can stay healthy, they've got the Weathers brothers, Michael and Marcus Weathers. They've got Kendrick Davis. They've got Emmanuel Bambudel. They've got uh, Yornay, uh, uh, Darius McBride as well. Uh, th- this is some high, you know, talent. I I think, you know, if Tim Jakovich wasn't coaching the team, I I might say this is a tournament team. Yeah, I, I think they are probably a tournament team. Zach Nuttall also coming in from Sam Houston State. He averaged nearly 20 a game last year. He might have won Southland Player of the Year. I think he did. Uh, let me see. Yeah, he did. But uh, yeah, 19 points a game last year, 37% from deep. Really good shooter. Let's see if, uh, in a less higher-volume role, how he scores. But I think he could definitely average close to 15 next season. Could be SMU's leading scorer. I think the Mustangs, you know, despite Tim Jankovic's struggles as a coach recently, I think that they'll be able to make the tournament. Bold prediction. Uh, SMU makes the tournament. Here we go. Uh, I I can't trust Tim Jankovic. He's let me down too many times. I had them in just tournament team this year, and he let me down again. So I will not trust Tim Jankovic to make the tournament until he actually does. But, I mean, I, li- I like the players. If if this team was coached by Penny Hardaway, I mean, I'd, I'd like them to make the tournament. But it's not. So. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, let's be real here. If Kelvin Sampson was coaching this team, We'd probably be talking about, like, if this was Houston and Kelvin Sampson was coaching and this was the roster, we'd be talking about Houston being, like, a potential top four seed going into next season. Yeah, that's true. But, 
It's just Tim Jankovic, you, you can't trust him. That that That's where I'm at. This team's talented enough to make the tournament if Kendrick Davis comes back, so that's where I, I sit there. Uh, speaking of teams, we're, we're saving it for last, and uh, Nick Sherrod is back for uh, Richmond, and the Spiders look like they're just going to run it back from last year. Uh, except for Blake Francis. Except for Blake Francis. And yeah, we'll, we'll see if they can do what they couldn't do this past season, uh, what they would have done in 2020 had uh, COVID not been a thing. Uh, but Jake, Jacob Gilliard, uh, Nick Sherrard, Nathan Kao, Grant Golden, all super seniors. Uh, they've got Andre Gustavazon. Uh, he'll be a good piece. Uh, you know, Richmond, high expectations once again. Yeah, Richmond really disappointed last season. They just didn't get it going. They had a few COVID pauses that really hindered what they could have done. They had an injury with Grant Golden. He had pretty much a broken right hand, which is his dominant hand. Uh, and in the like last three games and the A-10 tournament, he played with one hand, and it was his non-dominant hand. So he toughed it out, but it was pretty clear that that wasn't working. Nathan Ko, he's a really steady player inside Jacob Gilliard. He had his worst shooting uh, season of his career, but I think he'll improve that way. He's going to shatter the career steals record in all of college basketball. Uh, Blake France is obviously gone, but Connor Crabtree should be healthy. I would imagine the starting five looks like Blake Francis, Nick Sherrod, who shot 44% from deep two years ago, Tra- or Tyler Burton at the three, KO at the four, and Golden at the five. And that is a really good starting five. Yeah, certainly one capable of doing, you know, I, I would still probably say St. Bonaventure's clearing away mm-hmm. that seemed to be in the A-10, but like if you told me Richmond finishes second, I I could believe it. Uh, yeah. I mean, VCU, they lose Bones Highland. That's, I, I think he's pretty good. So, I mean, uh, that might not be a great loss for them. Uh, Davidson's not going to be great. St. Louis could be sneaky good. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's not there's not a lot to love about the Atlantic 10. So, I mean, Richmond finishing second shouldn't be a hot take at all. Yeah, I think St. Bonaventure is definitely going to be the top team. For now, you're turning the entire starting five. You had Linton Brown from Indian River State Community College. He's really good, shot nearly 50% from deep. He's shooting 52% before they have rough, like, final two games. Uh, Olu Suegun Durosimi, he's coming in, too. He's a really good Juco uh, shot blocker. I think I said his name right. Hopefully I did. Then you had Quadri Adams and... Uh, Abdul Karim Kulabale from Pittsburgh. So they definitely shored up their bench a little bit because they ran six deep last year, mainly just five deep. Kyle Lofton played like 39 minutes a game. So they could give some other guys. So hopefully they're able to give some of their guys some breaks here and there. But I think they're definitely going to be a top 15 team preseason, or they should at least be ranked. Uh, yeah. And for the Atlantic 10, I mean, let, let's hope they just, they, one, there's no covid pauses this season because no no team got killed or no league got killed worse by covid pauses not just during the season uh they of course lose vcu and the ncaa tournament uh to a covid pause but like even during the season like st bonaventure went on covid pause vcu had to of course end their season because of covid i don't know if davidson won covid pause uh st louis did uh didn't Richmond go on COVID pause as well? Yeah, two different times. All right, so I mean, that that's that's just brutal for the Atlantic Ten, just in general. So, uh, hopefully that that league stays COVID free this upcoming season, uh, because that that league certainly needs it. Yeah, definitely do. All right. Uh, any, any last departing thoughts? Uh, before we sign off here, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel in about you know 30 seconds to a minute. I'll be recording CJ Frederick commitment video, so yeah, definitely subscribe to that. All right, subscribe to that. Uh, they'll be getting up shortly. Um, whichever one loads faster, probably same time as the podcast. So uh, check that out. If subscribe you for sure, yeah, subscribe. 
Uh, if you've already checked that one out, then you don't need to check it out. But if you haven't checked it... You can it, click it twice, though. You can click it twice, but uh, make sure you at least watch it once. Whether yeah. you watched it after, you know, if you watched it before tuning into the podcast or after tuning into the podcast, at least give it one one watch. Yep. Uh, but outside of that, I think we're good signing off here. So thanks again for tuning in, and we will be back uh, next time. Talk some transfers, talk some portal, anything you can think of, we will talk about. So stay tuned.